The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I am Dr. James Payne, and we are delighted that you're joining us for this episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. So today we're going to be taking a deep dive and talking about one of the seven elements of building a love that lasts. Uh, and that is the element of high self-esteem and emotional well-being. So it's going to be deep. Mm. Uh, but first, let's let's find out what's on your mind, Marissa. What's on your mind? <laughs> uh, what's on my mind today? Um, I am enjoying summer. Mm. Um, that's what's on my mind. Try to. Like, I work so much that sometimes I forget to get out and enjoy the roses, smell the roses. Um, but I've been doing that. I'm thinking about... Um, a great evening we recently had at the opera, mm. uh, which was something new for us. Something very, very, very new for I us. I know. Um, it was really lovely. And, you know, it started with a kind of a um, dinner under the tent. It was a beautiful evening and um, first time at the opera. So yeah. that was um, that was interesting. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You've also kind of channeled your uh, inner Tiger Woods. What? <laughs> so you, you, you've taken some golf lessons. And you're, you're looking at getting out with me. I I'm trying. Yes. And, uh, you know, we we are. Yes, we're give, it's kind of like can't beat them, join them. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know, that's how you got into football, too. That is how I got into football. Yes. And I, you know, I, I loved football. Like, I really appreciated that. Like, yeah. that was when the Rams were the greatest show on turf. Shout out to the 99 Rams. And it was like, listen, if I'm going to get any time with this man at all, I'm going <laughs> to have to learn to love this sport and come to find out I actually did. And uh, then we lost our team. Yeah. So, <laughs> which that seems to happen a lot. Like, you know, products that I like, restaurants that I like, like stuff I like always seems to go away. They I keep don't know. messing with the model, right? I know. I don't know what that is, but um, I think we should like do more new things. Hmm. I'm, I'm like feeling new adventures. So I don't know. What else can we try? What's on your bucket list? Well, let's see. Uh, I, I know you really don't like basketball, but no oh, bucket list. Well, I, I, I'd love to go to uh, uh, NBA finals, uh, sit oh. courtside uh, for all seven games. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I don't um, even know what that costs. <laughs> That's why it's on the bucket list. Right. <laughs> you probably would like to do the championship for pretty much any sport, though, right? Mm, not necessarily uh, baseball. Okay. Uh, not necessarily baseball. Really? But yeah, I'd love to uh, do the NBA Finals, all seven games, uh, court, side, seat, yeah. uh, half court. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you trying to sit where Beyonce and Jay-Z Exactly. I'm, tr oh, I'm trying to sit with Beyonce like and, and, and Jay-Z for sure. Okay. Um, Super Bowl, mm -hmm. uh, 50-yard line, yeah. uh, probably uh, five rows elevated from the field. From okay. The field. Uh, maybe um, the Masters. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I'd love to uh, uh, go to the Masters and, um, you know, just travel to uh, 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 some really, really cool places. I think uh, Jerusalem, the Holy City, would be a great uh, space for us to uh, spend some time. Uh, we're going to uh, Dubai in March. 
Uh, so that's uh, one of my checkoffs. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've got to um, got to spend some time, I think, on the continent of, uh, of Africa. I've been seeing a lot of um, Facebook folks like doing the safari and stuff like that. I I'm not sure. Like a recent friend of mine, like it was so up close and personal. Mm. I I'm not sure. Yeah, (laughs) I am. I am very, very concerned about it. And, you know, I've I've heard stories of uh, close friends who have gone. And just the idea of being in that proximity to like the king of the jungle Mm -hmm. and uh, with no formal barriers between us yeah that's kind of dicey well, i mean i think that's our americanized you're right you know perspective mm-hmm. um but it, i mean i think it's a beautiful thing it's that... a beautiful thing but there's always that outlier that somebody's going to get eaten <laughs> and you just don't want to be that out <laughs> it's kind of like the circle of life and how it's supposed to be and everything like flows like it's supposed to flow right. i love that um I, you know, you know, I love to travel Mm -hmm. too. So, I mean, I, there's like so many, I think, um, majestic places on earth that I haven't seen yet, Mm -hmm. um, that I definitely want to see. Um, and I, I I think we just talked about this the other day. I want, I want to, I want to go hiking. I want you to go hiking. Um, I have a, my best friend is in, um, San Diego. And every time I go out there, she forces me um, up some mountain. Hmm. (laughs) And I, you know, I enjoy it. I'm not, we're not really outdoors people, but I'm starting to, you know, in my older age. You enjoy hiking. I just want to clarify. Well, I mean, yes. Okay. In um, not like in its natural habitat, like everything she's taken me in has been fairly, you know. So are you thinking like a hiking roller coaster? What are you? No. What in the world are you talking about? No, I mean, I'm just saying like I haven't been like roughing it. Like I haven't been like in the rainforest or anything like that. You know, I've been in pretty, um, you know, there's like no mountain mountain lions. Okay rattlesnakes and stuff in the places that I've hiked so far. And I do enjoy that. Got it. Um, So I don't know how rough I'm prepared to go, but I do enjoy it. And I want to get on the water too. Mm. I haven't been sailing, Mm. you know, haven't been um, on the boat. So I'm trying to get that out the way as well. Okay. So we we definitely got a bucket list to do. So I'm, I'm enjoying summer. That's what's on my mind. All right. Very good. (laughs) Very good. Um, So should we talk about the fight of the week? I think we should get into the fight of the week. All right. So fight of the week this week goes to um, the honeydew list gone terribly wrong. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So we have um, an office at home and we also have what we call a study. So the study is like um, my public place um, to do work. Like I, it's where I like go live. It's where I coach clients um, virtually you know that it's the pretty place um for work and then we have an office that's like basically the catch-all um for bills and is basically where projects go to die <laughs> so <laughs> it's the non-public part um 
And I have been uh, working from home a lot more and, um, you know, am actually thinking about moving my office back to the home office. Um, you know, I got workspace because, you know, the kids were home and in the way and all of that stuff. But now that they're not home anymore, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, spend a lot more time uh, working from home. And so I wanted to, like, make some changes to the study. So I've been talking to you about, you know, moving this um, steel case that's in the office down to my study and getting the printer set up and all that. So mm-hmm. we, this has been going on for some time. It's been on the honeydew list. We had a three day weekend and I was like, OK, great. Can we, you know, in my mind, I, I asked you that I was like, oh, we can do this on the holiday weekend. And, um, you know, thought that that was going to happen. In my mind, we had a deal. I'm not sure if it was a deal in your mind, but yep. in my mind, you committed and this is what we were doing for the holiday. It was definitely not a deal. <laughs> definitely not a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't say no. So did, if you I didn't did. say no, it's basically a yes. But like, I didn't say yes. Yeah, even. So I feel like that's like passive aggressive. So oh, like okay. if I say, oh, we can do this project on this day. And mm. if you don't say no, then we're in agreement as far as I'm concerned. Got it. Got it. But I recognize that you did didn't technically say yes. And that became clear when the day came. And so it's the day, you know, we have the day off. It's nice. The sun is coming up. We're snuggling in bed. I'm dreaming about my project, you know, and how I'm going to decorate the study. I'm, I'm so dreaming excited. about the day off <laughs> and how I'm just going to relax and just enjoy the day. So awkward. There's nothing about enjoying a day off that says steel case. Honey, do. <laughs> project. I need to do project. <laughs> and so I'm talking about, you know, what I'm where I'm going to put things in the study and how I want it to be set up. And then you make out of nowhere to me, you make this snide comment and you're like, uh, please decorate something. And I'm like, what? Like it threw me off. And I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? And it's off to the races from there. And you start talking about how I haven't decorated the house and there's nothing on the walls. And I'm just like, uh, that's not true. And I start naming different things that are on the wall. Mm -hmm. And then you start talking about bringing up this old source point. Yeah. So I was holding this grudge against you. (laughs) I had this grudge against you. It's just the truth. Anyhow, I had a grudge against you because you moved from our home two of the the wall hangings that I really liked that was at the top of our staircase and you took them to your office and you didn't replace them right to my offsite office yes right. yes this is true and but I have they not came let it go <laughs> so they so so they came from my office to begin I purchased them for my office when I moved office space I brought them to our home and put them and at the office. And they were settled. They, they had and found then home. I moved office space. And so I took them and put them in my new office space. You were sad about that. And so that space has been blank. And so, again, out of nowhere, you throw this blow about me not decorating. Criticism, by the way, which we talked about in a previous show. Um, And I was just like, oh my gosh, that was so unnecessary. And that, you know, threw us into, like, basically... 
I don't know if it ruined the day, but it definitely ruined the moment. Mm. And I just, you know, was like so hurt by it, actually. I'm just like, wow, like, what is this? Like, beat up on Marissa Day. And for the record, I didn't get my wonderful study set up. And I imagine you didn't necessarily get your beautiful day because the whole energy and the mood of the day was ruined. Yeah, the the energy kind of shifted a little bit. And I think part of that uh, for me was, again, um, so you had this plan that you wanted to do some decorating. And I'm still holding on to this uh, past thing that I brought up some time ago about, hey, this is a this is an issue for me that you took, you know, these wall hangings away and left it bare. Uh, Can can you put can you put something back there? So in my mind, we have to address this before we address that. Mm. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong or otherwise. I'm just saying that's what was in my mind. So it's really interesting because I'm I mean, basically what I just heard you say is to some extent you were feeling I mean, you were sentimental to some extent about it and to some extent resentful that I was trying to now decorate another space and you were still resentful that this other sentimental space to you hadn't been cared for. Yeah. So my issue was, you know, don't uh, decorate. And again, this, this was my view of the situation. Don't decorate uh, the external office to the neglect of the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was a big deal for me. And so all other uh, renovations and moving of anything is at a halt until we repair the breach that occurred here. Interesting. And so the external office mm-hmm. um, to you was getting priority over the home. Over the home. And wow. Yes. Why you didn't just say that? <laughs> I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> but you didn't say that. Is it possible? Can I say, is it possible? That you just didn't have your listening ears on. No, you didn't say that. Mm. Like what you just said is different than what you've been saying. Mm. Like you've been saying or you had been saying, you know, you took the pictures off the wall. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or decorate something. (laughs) Gotcha. It's very different than your prioritize. It seems like you're prioritizing your external office over our home. Right. So the office is decorated. Yes. And the home has missing pieces. That, yes. That's an issue. Yes. To me, that's different. And, you know, so one of my greatest pet peeves in the entire universe is this there's this phrase out that's popular now and it's called I'm feeling some type of way. Mm. Right. Rather than expressing the actual emotion that you're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, I try to be um, and encourage everyone in my circle of influence (laughs) to actually use your emotion words Mm. because emotions are data, right? It's information. And so, like I said, if you notice, I was like, oh, it's sentimental to you and there was resentment, right? I don't ever want to make you feel resentful Mm. intentionally or dare I say, you know, jealous. I don't think you would ever in your machoism say, oh, you're prioritizing your external office over our home, which is important to me. It might be difficult for you to use those words and say it. But, oh, my God, how much more effective would it be if you did? Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Like assertive communication is really expressing your feeling 
and what you need from me. Well, I, and I think part of the issue is uh, that level of assertive communication requires a depth of vulnerability yeah. uh, and, and a willingness to express feeling as opposed to anger. Uh, those, those are expressing a, a real emotion that this bothers me yeah. as opposed to just uh, responding and giving an angry uh, response that shows up as decorate something uh, as opposed to, hey, I know it's an issue for me that uh, you seem to be prioritizing the decoration of the office over decorating the home. And you could just kind of uh, strip this bear and took it to the office. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that. Can we redress this? Yeah. I mean, do you think you knew that? Good question. Um, I, I knew I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I knew it was something that bothered me. And uh, it's something that I'm pretty sure I expressed, but I probably didn't express it uh, as calmly, uh, as thoughtfully mm -hmm. uh, as, as it's being expressed now in that moment during that time. Yeah. And, and I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think you may have said that, but I think you said it in a spirit of anger mm -hmm. or like accusation mm. or criticism which never lands well versus a spirit of hurt right or concern which again like you said throwing it as an attack at me versus taking ownership and saying you know this impacts me mm -hmm. gets very different results yeah um because if i if i approach it from an angry standpoint you feel or you have a tendency, there's a tendency in this relationship for there to be at least initially some level of clapback. You know, I got a motto. What's my motto? <laughs> What's my motto? <laughs> tell the people your motto. Baby. You can tell them. It's more effective if you tell them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. Her motto, ladies and gentlemen, is don't start none. Hey, won't be none. Won't be none. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start now, won't be none, right? Hilarious. <laughs> so cute. So, yeah, I think this show is going to help us more than anybody <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, I, I mean, I understand it more e now even than we did, um, mm. you know, when it happened and how we resolved it. But um, I think we just, you know, argued it out and probably went our separate ways. I go back to the interview with uh, Michelle Obama that we talked about um, a week or so ago and her talking about learning to argue with Barack. Mm. Um, and I think we've learned how to argue with one another mm -hmm. and for us, um, often that just means just walking away yeah. and letting it go and, you know, cooling off for a while and then just yeah. moving on. Yeah. Um, which I think is what we did. And then, um, you know, like a day or so later, we um, took family pictures mm -hmm. and got our pictures back. And you were like, oh, maybe we can put this picture up in yep. that space. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Actually, we could do a collage. And so we started brainstorming together about what could go um, in that space. And so that's really how the issue resolved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now as I understand it a little bit more, um, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, OK, this is I understand why it's important to you. Um, and, you know, for the record, you know, I've been wanting to engage an interior decorator. Um, so it's not that I have been ignoring it. I just haven't really had 
the money to really do the decor like I really wanted to. So it's not, you know, it's not that I've been like, just forget you. I don't care. I just haven't necessarily been able to do it. Like I've been waiting to be able to do it like I really want to. But in the meantime, you know, we can do something simpler that we create together. Sure. Why not? Isn't that sweet? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Meanwhile, I still don't have a study, but whatever. We'll talk about that next time. (laughs) Yeah. You do have a setting. I mean, I'm saying it's not set up yet. We still got to get my study set up. How do we get there? Steel case. uh, So we need to schedule that for someday. But I digress. So, yeah, I mean, I think that learning to um, let things go and how we learn to sort of disagree without being disagreeable has a lot to do with our sense of self, Mm -hmm. you know, which is really kind of the topic you know, of the day or sort of the element in the room today, which is um, self-esteem and emotional well-being. Yeah. Yeah. So today's element in the room, uh, high self-esteem and emotional well-being. Self-esteem is defined as confidence in one's worth or abilities. And it's rooted really in self-respect and just kind of how it is that you see yourself. I think there's a good principle uh, that's kind of covered in uh, scripture that talks about uh, you can only love your neighbor to the degree to which you love yourself. So if you don't feel good about you, it's impossible to feel good about me. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't hate you and love me. It's impossible. Uh, so in many respects, self-esteem is the best gift that you can give yourself uh, and your partner in relationship. Because when you have good self-esteem uh, and emotional well-being, it's not only a gift for you, but it's also a gift for your partner in your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You have to sort of know who you are Mm -hmm. before you can be in healthy relationship with somebody else. Yeah. Bottom line, I think sense of self is like your perception of yourself. It's loving who you see when you look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and you are not incomplete, you know, without another person. You are perfectly whole by yourself. Right. And that is so important before you get in relationship with somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily feel incomplete and be looking for someone to complete you. You got to know that you are already complete, like know your gifts, know your values, know your convictions, know what you stand for. Mm -hmm. I think when I was uh, coming of age, like we, you know, got together and got married and I was still coming of age. We were still coming of age at that time. And I think that that, was one of the challenges in our relationship that I didn't necessarily have a strong sense of who I was yet. Mm. And because of that, I was really kind of conforming to what I saw in my grandparents, what I saw on TV. And a lot of it was influenced by what you wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And I did also didn't have a strong sense of myself. <laughs> and so we're just flying by the seat of our pants, just making it up as we go. Exactly. Uh, which is which is unhealthy. And when I think one of the things we can definitely attest to is it, you know, it shows up in how you treat other people. Yeah. It shows up in your relationship. Uh, people with high self-esteem treat other people well because they feel good about themselves and mm-hmm. they respect themselves. Uh, so how you engage the world around you says a lot about you know, how you feel about yourself, because ultimately it's just a reflection of how you see you and how you treat other people, especially those closest to you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I ended up kind of like 
losing myself because then now you're a parent as well. And, you know, so you're, you know, this to them and you're this to him. Um, and basically who you are is like nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really um, common mm-hmm. where people end up losing them, either losing themselves because they didn't know who they were to begin with, or they step into these roles that they play in life and end up forgetting who they were mm-hmm. um, and just find themselves kind of like with no sense of self. And that, again, I think a marriage or a healthy relationship is about two whole people coming together to create partnership. It's definitely not about two broken vessels or a strong person and a broken person coming together. That math doesn't work. Mm. Um, it's a formula for disaster, basically. Yeah, it's a formula for disaster and bitterness. You know, I used to say, uh, I'll take care of you and you take care of me was kind of my mindset. You know, we're going to mm. watch each other that way. But, you know, I've kind of upgraded it now to say, I'll take care of me for you mm. <laughs> and you take care of you for me. Mm. Uh, and so in, in that way, we're kind of owning our self-esteem in relationship to one another. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I think I talked about in our intro segment, I talked about, you know, some of our the history that we have with abuse a little bit and we were separated for a while. And I think during that time, I was able to, you know, sort of find myself again, Mm. because I like I said, I had lost my independence. I'd lost, you know, you talked about me being a wild liberal, which is still so crazy to me but um there definitely was a you know vibrancy about me a Mm -hmm. a sassiness to me that makes me me and I had conformed and really lost all of that and over the course of the year that we were separated I was able to sort of find me again and you know do things that I didn't you know know that I could that I I didn't know that I could you know I I was able to um, you know I was living independently and you know we were co-parenting and so I had you know the three kids myself a bunch of the time and you had them and you know so I was really able to have the time that I needed to live on my own to look in the mirror and love who I saw and be independent and be okay with that Mm. and you know fortunately when we decided to reconcile and we were able to come back it was really important to me that you knew this is who I am and that, you know, you accepted that this is who I was going to be. And I wasn't going to necessarily make myself small or be different anymore in order to make the relationship work. Yeah, right. I, and I, you were OK with that. Yeah, I think we we definitely in our time apart uh, worked on ourselves and, yeah. and were able to uh, bring our self-esteem into <laughs> balance, get a better sense of who we were yeah. uh, as individuals. Because again, we grew up together. And so we had this other esteem, if you will. We had uh, what our socialization was from our uh, parents and that upbringing. Then we immediately, you know, get into relationship and then we have whatever that is with that mixture. But we never really uh, was able to identify and, and grow into who we really were as individual beings. And I think that separation really, really helped us to do that and say, Hey, this is who I am. And you're like, Hey, this is who I am. Does this work for you? And uh, yeah, it worked. Turns out it worked. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. So what do you think about um, the emotional piece? Because people come with past, Mm -hmm. like with stuff, 
stuff in their family, stuff like heartbreak and grief and all kind of stuff. So like, what do you say to couples with stuff? Mm. Well, stuff happens. Uh, stuff is part of the uh, the journey. I, I like to use the analogy that you're all riding in the car together. And, mm. and so if there is an accident that occurs, everybody's involved in the accident. Mm. So if one person experiences something within the context of a relationship, you're both experiencing it. And so you have to learn mm. how to work through it. You have to learn communication is critical uh, and you have to learn how to be vulnerable and honest with the stuff of your past and how that stuff is impacting perhaps your worldview and paradigm, how you see things today and how that is impacting the relationship. Yeah. Uh, and, and just really being uh, open to what the truth is, getting the truth on the table. Uh, you know, one of one of our uh, old pastors used to say, you know, you can't tell the truth. I can't help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so getting the truth out there uh, and being vulnerable, uh, expressive and, and really working through what is truth in terms of my past, what it means for how I see the world, what it means for how it shows up in this relationship uh, and how do we work to build this thing together? Yeah. And get help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do your work. Do right. Your work. And it's like you position heal thyself like mm. that. That's not a thing, you know? Mm. So if there's trauma and you love and want a healthy relationship, get healthy by get any help. means necessary. Right. And so you really want to do the work, whatever that is, you know, if it's um, a spiritual advisor, if it's a counselor, a therapist, if it's a coach, you know, whatever um, connecting to do the work mm -hmm. to get past and through that is really important. And I think that, you know, for men in particular mm -hmm. or not necessarily to stereotype, um, but men or for people that are kind of have walls up and just sort of try to deny that they don't necessarily have a problem or need help. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say to people well, like that? I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a stereotype. Uh, I think there there is some some fact there. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, it's been my experience uh, over a significant body of work that men don't necessarily in large quantities like to work on their relationships. They just want their relationships to work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, to some degree, that's that's fact. Uh, and so, you know, m my thought there is that, you know, y you have to in the same way that you have to uh, invest time to take your car uh, to get it inspected and checked out and make sure uh, that it's ready to be safe on the roads and, and that the state that you're in will approve it uh, for operation on the roads. You, you need to do the same thing with mm -hmm. yourself, your emotional well-being, uh, get checked out. I think it's important that we lose this stigma. Uh, that is something uh, limiting or less about us as men and even women. If we talk to people to oh get things gosh. out uh, as individuals and as couples. And so I think it, it's, it's like doing a cleanse. It's right? like doing a, <laughs> a detox. What did you do Better out than in. <laughs> right. Right. So definitely, you know, engaging the process, not being afraid of that process uh, and, and being open and honest throughout the process, because there is healing on the other side of that. Yeah. Did you, did you do that? That's exactly what I did. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the amount of time uh, that I spent, you know, sitting uh, on people's couches and in comfortable chairs and just kind of pouring out the abundance of, you know, w what shaped me, my, my worldview, uh, how I saw the world and just working through those things and thoughts and how they were negatively impacting my relationship. Uh, it was critical to our success.
So this is interesting. So I'm now I feel like I'm interviewing you. I'm sorry, but I'm fascinated by this. Hey, I'm happy to be your first guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would so I have two questions, I think. Um, the first one is what prompted you to go to someone's couch? Like, did you go voluntarily? Did you go kicking and screaming? How did you get there? What made you go? Yeah, I went voluntarily. No one put a gun to my head. <laughs> uh, and I was not told to walk a plank. So. Yes, <laughs> I went voluntarily, uh, but at, at you know the suggesting and, and prompting of uh, folks, and I think it's important to have uh, people close to you that you allow to influence you as well. So I didn't necessarily go kicking and screaming per se, uh, but you know just got to a point where you know you you want to uh, unearth whatever the issues may be and just really spend time uh, digging into. Um, your mental health and emotional well-being. And did you like it? Like, did you always find that it was wonderful or like, what was the experience like for you? Uh, so, no, you don't always like it. I did not always like it when I initially started going to visit with counselors and that sort of thing to process through. First, it takes time to get to a place where you want to be uh, vulnerable and open. You know, I started uh, this podcast by describing myself as someone who has a conservative lifestyle. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, the idea of, you know, me sharing with somebody my innermost thoughts and concerns and fears and anxieties and those types of things, uh, that's not normal for me. Uh, and it's not something that's intuitive. Uh, and so I think definitely getting to uh, a place where you are able to let that guard down and really get real with those things is definitely a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think sometimes like, you know, so we have we coach couples or have coached couples quite a bit. You know, I think finding something that works mm -hmm. like you go and you don't have a connection with the person or, you, you know, it's not working for you doesn't mean the process doesn't work. Like if you can, you know, you go and see someone and either partner isn't feeling it, then then find someone else. Right. Like, don't discount the whole process just because you don't have a connection. Like sometimes, you know, we have, you know, friends and they don't feel comfortable talking to us because right. they know us or one partner knows us and the other partner doesn't. Sure. It's not about us. Like do whatever it takes to get to, you know, so you find a neutral place mm -hmm. with someone that you feel connected to whose mm -hmm. expertise you believe in. Exactly. Right. So if you tried it and it didn't work, doesn't mean all of them are terrible and all of them are bad. Right. Like try something else. Word of mouth it helps. Right. Ask friends, mm -hmm. um, ask people that, you, you know, put it on Facebook or what have you um, until you find something that works. But don't discount the process just because you had a bad experience. Like you always say, kick again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, no, definitely the process is definitely worth the time and investment and definitely um, engage it engage it show yeah. up fully show up because i think that if you're not healthy personally right if you don't love who you are it's virtually impossible for you to really love someone else absolutely right? you will attack them you will be enabled you will be a victim mm. in the relationship um, and destroy something mm. not because the relationship itself is bad but it's because you are not 
healthy emotionally or your esteem is not where it is. Your sense of worth isn't where it is. So do the work mm. so that your relationship has a chance at mm. success. And you got to do it because, you know, ultimately uh, you have to get to a place where you love yourself and you're at a great, great place with your self-esteem because you're all you got to work with. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you are all you got to work with. Yeah. So I think everything in, you know, our world has a maintenance plan. Our refrigerator uh, has a maintenance plan. The cars have maintenance plans. Uh, the AC unit has a maintenance plan. And so everything gets serviced except our relationships. We are not intentional uh, as we need to be about servicing the relationship and making sure that we're taking it in for routine maintenance uh, as we do everything else. So we definitely want to encourage you to be intentional about taking your relationship in for maintenance and getting the help you need uh, to live the success that you deserve. I love it. And I think that's a good segue to our um, question from the listeners for the week. It says, how do you handle when one partner is struggling and one partner is thriving? The first thing that comes to mind for me is recognizing the dynamic of relationship. And, and, and for me, it's that relationship is a team sport. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, there can be games just kind of being a person who grew up uh, playing and watching athletics and, and being heavily involved in athletics. Uh, I can be having an off game. Uh, I can be. Uh, missing, you know, a lot of shots. But my if my team uh, is doing well, then I'm still able to celebrate and to be excited because ultimately we are walking away with the trophy. We're walking away uh, winning the game. So I think the first thought that comes to mind for me uh, is that it's a team sport. Uh, the, the, the second thought that comes to mind for me is that there will always be some level of ebb and flow in the term of the in terms of the relationship. Uh, where it, it's it's rare, it's possible uh, for couples to consistently have their uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce uh, ex <laughs> existence. Uh, but it, it, it's not unusual. Like for everybody's at the top of their game, you mean? Everybody at the top of their game. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not unusual for uh, couples to have some degree of ebb and flow. Uh, it, ideally, you're at the zenith uh, at the same time. Uh, so Zenith Television, if you're still out there, I take that sponsorship. <laughs> um, just putting that out there. Uh, but, you know, there is a possibility for uh, uh, that to occur. And when it does, just recognizing that it's a team game. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, to your point, I, I think about, you know, when we were early in the marriage and working on our degrees, like I went on Monday and Wednesday and you went on Tuesday and Thursday mm. And then um, after that, you know, I sat out for a while. You went straight through and got your master's and then went on um, and got your Ph.D. And, you know, I, I took a while. So, you know, there were times where I was making more money and there were times when you were making more money. And so, like you said, it just kind of ebbs and flows. And I think the goal is like to communicate. One of my favorite moments, I think, for us is um, shared vision, which is actually one of the elements in mm -hmm. our model, is when we got to a place where we started dreaming together. And you know my dreams, I know your dreams. And then we kind of put those dreams together mm. and created a shared vision board together and talked about time frame and what that looked like. And so, you know, we now kind of have like a 10 year vision board and I know what you're working towards and you know what I'm working towards and we know what we're working towards. And when opportunities happen, maybe it's mine, maybe it's yours, maybe it's ours, this podcast, you know, mm -hmm. 
know, for example, I mean, 20 years ago, we weren't saying we want a podcast, right? But we definitely wanted to work together. Um, And so this is kind of a zenith, I would say, for us. Um, But the, you know, long term, you know, you're working in corporate now. Um, You you know, want to necessarily be doing that forever. I didn't want to be doing that forever. I'm off. You're still working. So it definitely ebbs and flows. And so I think it's it's an opportunity to build intimacy, to be honest, like when, um, you know, it's it's all ultimately a lot of this stuff comes down to communication and just talking about it and being honest about it and vulnerable about it. And, you know, so if in fact, you know, one person seems to be thriving um, and you are communicating and it's a team sport, which is great. And one person isn't that they're talking about that and that we have kind of a shared game plan for what we're going to do about it and when you know, their season is going to come. I think where you get into trouble is where the partner feels isolated. Mm. And, you know, maybe they're kind of in the background and they feel like their partner is sort of leaving them behind. I also talk to couples a lot where they feel like their partner doesn't want to come where they want to be and they kind of grow apart. Um, That can be a little tricky, I think, sometimes, too. Um, And so it's really just about allowing each person to be their own self. And maybe your partner is fine with where they are and that's okay. Um, And so I just think the communication is important and that you don't let resentment build up um, and that you're not judging each other um, and that you trust that, you know, the seasons of life means that there's ebb and flow, like you said, Mm -hmm. and you kind of use that to your advantage and not as a disadvantage. Yeah, I agree. And then if they're not okay, just kind of working to pick them up, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm Oh, for 20, you know, in, in a game, my teammates would pick me up. And so then I think that's connected to uh, what I said earlier about uh, I work on myself for you and you work on yourself for me mm-hmm. uh, so that we are able to be at the top of our game and able to uh, experience the uh, NBA finals, all seven games courtside. Courtside. <laughs> I, do I have to go? Yes. Am I in your vision? You are in my vision. You are there. I'm I'm just checking. You are there. I I got you. You're not enjoying it for whatever reason, but but you're there. I got you. All right, folks, we are going to call that a show. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we would certainly appreciate it if you subscribe and don't keep us to yourself. Share it with a few of your friends because we are new. You can use the hashtag Life, Love and Leadership or L3 Podcast. And if you've got questions, we want to hear it. Visit us at SuccessfulMarriages.org and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week. Take care. This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us. Find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.